on a Kenworth Hall of Podcast anyway, doesn't matter. I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. Well, I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. Said I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. And if I share with you my story, would you share your dollar with me? Bad times are coming, and I reap what I sow. That's a little scary right there, by the way. He says bad times are coming. And I reap what I don't sow. Is that bad, like bad times because we're both in the real estate industry. Oh, like, oh, oh man, why, with, why you got to point he, that out? See, is I was talking about interest rates. I always liked the uh, the beginning. The, it's a song about gas prices. Yeah, right. I always like the beginning, on? which is um, uh, I need the dollar. Dollar, dollar is what I need. And if I share with you <laughs> my story, will you share your dollar with me? Yeah. But yeah, then it's bad times coming. Whatever he sings in there. Yeah, we don't know because we always cut the song. I don't know. I'm, I can't call it, bro. Can't call it. I think it's about gas prices, personally. Think so? Um, hey. Huh. Yeah, you, you had some change in your life. I have had some change in I my life. I think some people. Do you know when we don't do this podcast, I get people that reach out to me and are like, hey, I, uh, how come you guys do the podcast? No, yeah, yeah, I occasionally get that, by the yeah. way. Um, so yeah, I've had some change in my life. So I, I assume we're going to have some people that are listening uh, to this today that want to know what life is like as a uh, partnerless radio host. They're certainly going to want to know the Hollywood true story yeah, right? <laughs> of what happened. Right? Cause you, uh, yeah. you and Chris, of course had a falling out. Yeah. Right. Right. Stop it. Don't even start stuff. So like let's, that. not let's, at all. Let's clear the air. Not tell at us, all. Tell us, tell us about this last, uh, well, listen, I don't want to tell... Weak and, you know... I, I, I will, I will it tell It certainly you, was not out of the blue. You knew it was coming for a while. Knew it was coming, and we kind of alluded to it here on the on, on this podcast, because you said a couple weeks ago, like, hey, I think think the next time we record, Ross can have some big news, or something to that effect mm-hmm. of... That, oh, I know what it was. You We talked about the fact that I had been sleeping for, like, a month, and yeah. I looked like shit, and, I, and I'm... Anyway, you looked, like, you looked like more shit. I than was normal. doing the yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about this, and I and I say this. I don't do this for compliments. I say I say this knowing I've got an awesome personality, so I make up for it. When we were just talking about how gorgeous the girls are here at the office, oh, we man, also you just have got a, me in trouble. With we my also wife. just we also have a well. I, what we were talking about was how we that we do have a group of girls here that. Uh, what we're really talking about is how you and I are complimentary of our wives right correct you, you and i both will tell our wives that we think they're hot and we love them and all that stuff and then i was saying well you know i i now that i think about it i am complimentary of just kind of most women in general and yep. i think that girls are pretty i mean again i don't want to sleep with all of you i'm sorry i you actually said you think most girls are pretty which is surprising i don't I think do. i don't think i don't, I think, do. I don't think most guys would say that comment you know and again, not like I don't I, mean like. It's not oh, that I don't believe you. I think you yeah. probably think that. I really do think it, and I and I'm also not doing it like oh, I want to have sex with all these girls. Because I'm also smart enough to know they don't want to. Have sex with I want to mate. <laughs> yeah, right. Can we just some mating? Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, we weren't saying. I don't know. Why You're Katie, right though. We don't have. Katie any, wouldn't. We, we, don't, we don't have any ugly ducklings. We in weren't just sitting here. Yeah, talking about. <laughs> Yeah. The girls in that way, we were Let's just saying. Let's list them. Let's rank them in yeah, order. Yeah, nothing like that. You made me do that one time. No, you did fuck Mary Kill with uh, with KK Kim and who was the third? Tay. God, I missed that game. God, what a 
What a fun game. That game is come up with, come up with come yeah, up with no come up with three people for me to do it. Twenty twenty that don't work it. Twenty twenty two, man. We can't do this. You're sure, gonna get canceled. Sure can. You can't fuck Mary Kill anymore. You get canceled twenty twenty two. But we can shag Mary Kill. So Sh- oh good idea. Shag Mary Murder? Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, Mate Mate Mary Murder. Now, how come it isn't Mate Mary Murder? Mate Mary Murder. That works. Yeah. I, I of like course that. it works. All my ideas work. Uh, okay. So, right, so you want me so, to come up with three people for you to mate, marry, murder? Sure, yeah. All right. And you want them They could be locals. Locals? No, yeah. That's fine. Scott Sipker, Keith Murphy, Ed Wilson. I've always thought Keith Murphy's attractive man. Yeah. I, I, th- he, I think he's good looking, yeah. so I would I would have sex with Keith. Okay. All right. I've, okay, we're already going in a different direction. Uh, Shane, Mary, kill... Uh, definitely, uh, definitely marry, definitely marry, uh, Ed Wilson. Oh, and then murder. He's got a good personality. He's got a lot of stories. He's murder fun. Sipker. He's fun. Yeah. And, yeah. I'd murder Scott because he, uh, he, uh, endorses Tim Schott. So oh. he's a competitor. <laughs> of ours. So, we liked him. The so whole I'd murder, I'd nice murder guy. him for that because he doesn't. <laughs> well, us. we, we agree on one, but it is by, def- but it's, it's, it, it, it usually with me, with the murder part of the mate, marry murder. Yeah game yep the mary the murder always comes down to like by subtraction you know what i mean well yeah you're the, right not that you want murph, to set off to murder them murph is an attractive man I, but i'm gonna marry murph i'm gonna mate with ed that's gonna be a fun night brother <laughs> that's gonna be a fun night i promise you that Stormfront's coming <laughs> <laughs> bend, bend over us here comes a weather front <laughs> for thunder <laughs> all right how about uh uh aaron kiernan stacy horst and um matinka slater you gave me th- I, I obviously know very well aaron because i'm a, a 13 listener stacy I, I know what she looks like matinka slater weather Look her up. I think she's because you're not gonna be you're not gonna be murdering Matinka. Matinka Slater. Yeah. She what channel is she with? Uh, I think she was on. She's. She, I think she left. She was on uh, five. Five. Yeah. That's too bad for her. Yeah, that's why you don't know her. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I should have come, come up with a better third than Matinka Slater. Yeah, you should have. Oh, I know who I should have gone with. Jackie Smelling. Okay, we who are we subbing out. I like Jackie. Who are we subbing out here? Uh, we sub sub out the Matinka. So um, you got so, it's, so now it's Stacy Horst, uh, Aaron Kiernan, and and uh, uh, what did I just say? Okay. Oh, Jackie. Jeez, okay. Man. Uh, all right. So I so I'm marrying Stacy because okay. she just looks like looks like a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Just looks like. Yeah, and I've good. always liked Aaron Kiernan. Uh, just so looks I think, nice. Yeah. Looks nice. You know, she's pretty. You know, she's yeah. uh, unassuming. I shouldn't have put she's Jackie. I shouldn't have put Jackie in this game because I I like Jackie a lot, and I don't know where I would put her. So <laughs> so now I'm left with marrying one, or having having uh, relations with one and killing one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mate, marry, murder. Uh, probably. This is a true story, by the way. So I'm probably going to shag um, Aaron. That's a true story. You're probably going to shag her. No, and the re- and the reason for that I mean, is I, would say, I, remember I would say your this, wife's going to be this mad about several, that. This was several years ago, and you can still find this photo on on uh, on social media. 
But there was something going on with the Murph and Andy show that day. I don't know if they were talking about Star Wars or what. I have no idea what the what, what they were talking about. But I tweeted at the show something to that effect. I don't know, it, a charitable thing. I said um, I would donate $100 to Aaron's favorite charity or the charity they were talking about that time if she posted a picture of herself in Princess Leia buns. And she did. Oh, very cool. And she did. Like yeah, dude, 10 minutes later, is, she she did it. So that told me, all right, she's going to have fun. Aaron is a, I, I haven't, I've never like been around her for an extended period of time. I've always admired her. I've always thought she was a really pretty lady. Yeah. Um, she, uh, and Chris, Chris actually used to like joke that I was like infatuated with her because every time she'd pop up on the TV, I'd be like, oh, now the reason that I used to do that because I live by her mother-in-law. Okay. So that was more of like, oh, hey, I know her. Not, yeah. oh, hey, look at her. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she seems like a fun Lady, she used to drive a Jeep. Mm-hmm. Um, like a Jeep, 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 a Jeep, uh, a Jeep, topless uh, Jeep, yeah, topless Jeep, a Wrangler. Yeah, yeah fun lady. So I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Jackie. You gotta go. Jackie, I'm sure she's heartbroken. Is super duper talented. Good man. singer. Right? Oh my god. I think I've uh, heard her like, sing the national anthem before. Yeah, I, I you probably because she sings it at a lot of things around Des Moines. I mean, she really, yeah. She, um, she studied at a school out of high school in California that was a, a, a some sort of theater uh, uh, school mm-hmm. with Meatloaf's daughter. Mm. She graduated that institution, that fine arts institution in California, with Meatloaf's daughter. Her name was Sweet Loaf. <laughs> That's very quick. That's the daughter. Very, right? That's very good of you. I mean, could have been. I don't know. Uh, that mini meat was what they called mini it. Mini meat. Mini meat, yeah. Yeah, that's good, too. I like that one. Maybe that's true. Maybe they did call her that. All right, we keep uh, we keep skirting around what okay. you don't want to talk all about. Right, all right, we'll get there. Why did your show end, Ross? Well, all right, and I, I'm not going to – I don't want to steal any of Chris's thunder because he's got his own story to tell, right, about this, and, and it's going to be told, and we have an absolutely no way out of falling out. This was something that Chris has been – I've seen coming for a long time, okay, because of the, all the things that Chris talked about on the air, which are this this closing net of family and time and job and money and all of this stuff, right? Everybody knows that working at a radio station, it's not a lucrative thing. You don't, you, nobody ever does it for the money. You can because you're not going to make a lot of money doing it. So you do it for some other reasons. Some of it's ego. Some of it's to build a brand or whatever it is. By the way, yeah. me, quick question. Why yeah. is that true? Why is it? Why is the money not great um, in radio? Supply and demand, Mark. It's a classic thing of how many people want to work in radio? Well, I think a lot of people think they want to work in radio. Uh, right, no, that's not the question. You're the boss. Yeah. You're the boss, right? And you've got multiple people every Day. And now think about it. Every year, how many kids graduate from broadcasting school with a degree in broadcasting? A lot. Yeah. And how many jobs are available in broadcasting? A handful. Mm-hmm. The people that retire or get out of the business mm-hmm. open up a slot. Mm-hmm. And usually those slots then get filled by the people who have busted their ass for part-time wages for a decade, waiting in line for one of those chairs to open up. And sure. then they get slid into that spot and then you are offered that part-time position with all of your college debt. I mean, so you get kids that are coming in the door every day saying, I will do Ross's job for less than Ross does it way less. And you've got more. So that's why those salaries stay so low because there is a constant pool of talent 
that's willing to do the job for for less because it's their dream to do it and go and that's exactly how I got my job was by standing in that line taking whatever crumbs were dropped my way and then trying to build a sandwich yeah. out of that do you think there's a little bit of ego to what you do in this sense 100%. in this sense you grow up thinking this is the dream so really what you're saying is the dream is that I get to talk every day yep. and make people listen to my thoughts yep. my opinions yep. my feelings right yeah is that a big part of it for people? Uh, yes, Mark, without a doubt, man. Yeah. I think about this a lot. I yeah. really do. And you you and I talk about this a lot, man. Um I am uh, you know, I, I like to pretend like I'm a really modest guy. You know what I mean? I ta- I joke about being a DMAC dropout. You're self-deprecating. I'm self-deprecating. Dude, this whole thing has been about ego. This whole thing for has been about exactly those things that you just laid out. Like when I was a little kid, and I, the moment I realized I wasn't going to play for the Yankees, I wanted to be the Yankees play-by-play guy. Yeah, and that, and I, I had Rob Luther, one of my high school baseball coaches, on with me on Monday. He would have told you the story, and we talked about it off the air. Of that, he saw that transition. They everybody at East saw me do this switch of like, oh, I might not be good at the sports, but I'm damn good at talking about them. Yeah. And then I just started picking up a microphone and doing PA and started helping out at basketball games rather than being on the basketball team. And I don't mean I was like the equipment manager. No, I was sitting at the head table figuring out how the game was operated, doing game operation stuff in in 11th grade. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, was this all for ego? Yeah, it it was because I wanted... I, I wanted to do something that wasn't ordinary, right? And I got in I, I, for a long time. We've talked about this for a couple years. I got out of radio and I worked in a cubicle at Wells Fargo. And man, it sucked my soul. And I, and I know we've got people that listen to this that have a they're lot. At, they're at they're Wells there. Fargo they're, right they're, yeah, right. Yeah. They're in that cubicle or, they, or they're driving home and they're going, oh man, I let it suck my soul. But you're doing okay. You know, financially, you're doing all right because yeah. you allowed that. And I went and I chased this ego thing for a long time. Um, yeah, you, 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 that's another string in the net that we're talking about here, Mark, that closes in on you, you know, where you kind of wake up one day and you're like, what the hell? Why have I done this just for me? Mm-hmm. Um, now I, there's a lot to this conversation, man. We could probably do this podcast for several hours. Just letting me, we won't, my, it'll, it'll my, be less my, than an let, hour. Letting my you know, brain just go. We got crazy. stuff to do. So I got a lot of stuff to do. This ain't Joe um, Rogan, buddy. Yeah, uh, you know, I I'm doing well in the radio world because I've been there for so many years, and I've been lucky enough to have some opportunities to advance myself. Going from being a producer to being an on-air host in the morning to being an afternoon host, I've had a few little opportunities to be able to maximize the radio thing. So I'm in a bit of a different situation than Chris was. Chris also, this was his second job. Right, he came into this from Cyclone Fanatic, and now we're in. The only thing that is similar about Chris and I right now is that we both have two gigs. But my, I, I ran the train the other way on the tracks. I went from the radio station to a second career, and now I've trying to turn that second career into my primary career, and I'm kind of doing this weird juggling act. Sure. Chris didn't want to do that juggling act. Chris didn't want to make radio his primary thing because of the time commitment. He's got two young kids. As do I. He's, you know, and uh, another thing that Chris, that is on Chris's plate that isn't on mine is family schedule. Chris's wife is a veterinarian. She does animal surgeries throughout the day. 
so he has to be a dad a lot more often than I have to be a, a dad. Because mm-hmm. my wife works uh, at the hospital, works overnight shifts, works a couple shifts a week. So she's home a lot more often. So that helps me out, okay? So I, that net didn't close on me quite as quickly as it did on Chris. Chris saw this summer coming that he wanted to be able to enjoy this with his family. Um, in, his, in his Cyclone Fanatic life, it kind of carries a school year vibe to it. Things pick up in the fall. They're really heavy all the way through March or April or May. And then you can kind of unplug. It used to be. You could kind of unplug for June, July, and August. Now with the way recruiting works, he's working 365 days a, 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 a year on that. Mm-hmm. And added to that the three hours a day, which is a lot, man. The radio show, nobody appreciates it. And I'm, I mean like... Nobody appreciates it. Chris and I are the two you guys that get it. start each day with zero content. Yeah, you have to and build you, you have to build hours. three hours of a radio show, and that's 15 hours a week. The other shows do two hours. That's 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, our show is in the afternoon, so you've got to be content heavy. You can't be. I mean, we try and to be And you guys are stuff. last in the pecking order in terms there of when go. the shows. You're the yep. fourth show yeah so, so you, you're talking if, about the same stuff that's yeah been talking and about if scott three times if scott docterman has been on with miller and condon you're not going to have scott docterman on yeah you know if if tommy birch is scheduled to be with you at 4 30 and you hear him on murph and andy you send a text say, hey tommy appreciate it man and that that so you're you're you're, you're right you build the show and then you watch it dwindle and then at four at three o'clock the curtain goes up and you do three hours of live radio yeah and it's taxing, man. It's taxing in so many ways. Not just the time away from family, because it's not just, you've seen this, Mark. It's not just those three hours, man. It's hours of preparation. You prep here at the office? Yeah, I, I, prep, I, at, prep. I prep at lunch. Whenever we're at lunch, I've got my phone out with me. I'm looking at ESPN. I'm looking at my websites that take me to different fun mm-hmm. sports stories. I'm jotting notes down all day long. And no, yeah. and people don't see that. And then I show up at the radio station at 3 o'clock, and my bosses there will legitimately go, psh, you're only working three hours a day. Yeah. And you go, oh my God. Dude, that's that's the same oh that's God. the same mentality that people have with professional athletes. It's like baseball yeah. players play three hours a day. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's not well, that, except they get to the ballpark five hours before yeah, the game and by, starts. And by the way, they've been doing this since they were seven. Yeah. Every day. That's yeah. why they're here. Yeah. That, yeah, that's and that if it if I make it look easy, that should be worth something. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, so that's, that's the frustrations that, that, that we were dealing with. Let, and, let me ask you a quick aside. Cause I just okay, thought of right. this. Yeah. Fire um, away, man. The, and not that you know the answer to this, but how is Dan Patrick's life different than yours other than the million dollars? And what I, <laughs> what I mean by that, what I mean by that is he also does three hours a day. Yeah. Right. But he's got a crew around him. You're, how much yeah. show prep do you think Dan Patrick does versus Shows up and's like, here's your talking points today. Here's your yeah. guest today. Here's your whatever. Well, I would imagine probably a little bit over an hour still where he gets to the studio because they go on the air at nine o'clock Eastern. Mm-hmm. I would imagine Dan Patrick's day that they, they all get to the studio before eight o'clock. Um, you're right. He's got four producers that we know of, and then a back and then and of then there's right, others. right, exactly. Who are each working on? Um, I would imagine. So here's the deal: they don't necessarily give Dan his talking points. Those come from Dan's brain. They just come from his experience, and he's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that I'm doing. You know what I mean? That part of it. Where it's different is when he shows up 
Paulie has lined up Tom Brady to talk to. You know, and, and then when he shows up at 7.55 and, and, and he walks in and the guy's got a big smile on his face and he goes, what are you doing? You, you're not going to believe who I lined up today. Yeah. I got Tom Brady. And now the way that that really works is I would imagine over the last couple of weeks, whoever, it, whichever guy it was, had been had been dropping those breadcrumbs along the way saying, hey, guys, just so you know, I, I got this contact through TB12. I'm working on maybe getting Tom Brady on the show. I'll let you know what happens. And then they're all like, whoa, awesome. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But to that point, like, yeah, I'm the producer of the show. I have it. Caleb is a great board operator, and Caleb is our, we call those guys producers. He's not at our building, building your show, though. He's not. He's offered to. He's offered to, but he's 20 years old, and he you know, he just doesn't quite get all of that, the, the technicalities yeah. of yet, yeah, which he will. He's really bright. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you're, you have to kind of put together the show. You got to find out who your guests are. You got to know what topics you're going to talk about. You have to have an idea of at this time, I'm going to transition to this. At this, I'm going to, you know, I, and, but I never script out anything. I don't have anything for my show. I don't think Dan Patrick does either. So I would imagine as far as the, the technical side of what we do is very similar in that you're going on and you're sharing your opinions. How much preparation is done for him is a, is the, would be the biggest difference. I'm sure he lines up guests. When Adam Sandler is on the show, I doubt that it's one of the guys that come in and say, hey, man, good news. I got the Sandman. Well, that's that's Dan's guy. Yeah. You know, Dan Patrick probably sends a text to Sandler him. that says, hey, man, you want to hop on tomorrow morning and chat about whatever? Yeah. Or Sandler reaches out to him and says, I'd like to promote this thing. Can you get me on? Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be, I've always thought that, man. When I was producing Michelson's show, and it was just Jan and I, and we all, we want a Marconi, just Jan and I. Mm-hmm. And then I would listen to like the one that popped out to me. I remember was like the Dr. Laura Schlesinger program. Yep. And at the end of the program, she would like, uh, you know, she'd end her show and she was a pretty fun show. She'd end the show, but then she'd go, I need to thank some people before we sign off. I want to thank my producer, Mark Charter. He's done a great job today. I also want to thank my associate producer, Katie Kendall. I want to thank uh, Reed Peterson. He picked out our music for today. I want to thank Nathan Lee. Nathan was the guy that set up all of our guests for today. His wife, Ashley, came in and assisted with the the production of the show today also. I'd also like to spend a, a, a few moments and thank these people, these mm-hmm. people, these people, for all of the work they did on today's program. And you'll hear that at the end of podcast. Yeah, You'll hear a person say, we'd like to thank several people that are a part of this. You hear one person's voice, but there's like nine people working on the product. So this is where I said we don't thank anybody because it's, it's just That's, us. Here. I mean, but Mark, this is the way it is. There's I've, no producer in the room no, right now. No. This high-quality podcast never, you're listening to, that's just this, baby. I've never done a show with a person that was totally behind the scenes. Yeah. Never done a show did, with a person that wasn't on the program you, with me. Did you, when you produced for Jan Michelson, did you line up guests? Did you call them? And, Very rarely. Okay. Very rarely. They The... Guests would line up. Guests would reach out to me on a daily basis. Okay. Hundreds of authors, uh, publicists, politicians, their yep. their people. You would get. I mean, flooded is. I went first time I went fishing and shut my phone off for a week. I had seventeen hundred emails in five days. Do you remember, by the way, because Jan Michelson? For those we might have listeners have no idea who that is. Jan Michelson was incredibly popular on yeah. WHO for what twenty years. Yep. Do you have? One or two moments that really stick out from that show oh, in man. terms of like crazy hectic days or breaking news or um, controversial topics because Jan would definitely dive into those. Um, 
you know, Jan was the guy that like the headline of the register that morning said something. And then Jan would tackle that headline yeah. and people would be blowing up the phones bitching about it or saying this is great or whatever. But I assume that you, you were in the fire on a lot of those days. Uh, man, Mark, there's a lot that are going through my brain right now. And it's, and, and as they started to go through my brain, um, this old classic saying just repeated in my head, people will forget what you did. People will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. Right. And I just, the, what was going through my head was that feeling of how much fun that was. The, the, the one that is in, that I would is probably my favorite moment. Heavy rains for a period of time. I'd have to go back and look at the year. What years did you do? I was show? with Jan from oh, man, oh seven to seventeen. Okay, somewhere around there. Okay, I think that's about right. Oh seven to seventeen. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll say this was probably two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. In that range, heavy, heavy rains. Rivers are swelling. And a late an, an elderly lady calls in to the show, and she's in a panic. And her husband, they live along the levee, that uh, on the near north side by Birdland. Mm-hmm. And her elderly husband is outside, and the levee is breaking. There, there's a breach in the levee, and he's outside trying to like shovel sand onto the, the levee okay. break. And he and and she's like begging for help. Seriously. She's like, I, I don't know what to do. And he's out there by himself. Because we, when you need help, you call a radio program. Right, which was weird. I, I, I get it. I get it. It was weird. We put the lady on the air. And within minutes, we were getting phone calls from people that said there were like hundreds of people that showed up with shovels to help. Mm-hmm. Like people were veering off the road. And you would, I, literally, we got phone calls from guys that said, I was driving to work. I heard that lady and I realized that's more important than what I'm going to do right now. I had a shovel in my car and I went there and I parked six blocks away because there were so many people there helping. And they, and we like, they saved a neighborhood yeah. by everybody going and doing this thing. That's the, that, and I, I don't remember the details. I want to go back and listen to that one. There were so many, man, there were so many awesome times there. Um, the, the one time that Jan made national news, while I was his producer, I was not there at the station. I had taken a day off, and uh, Mitt Romney came in. Mm-hmm. Now, Jan, Jan was the absolute king of verbal volleyball. Man, the guy could, the guy could twist you around like you didn't wouldn't believe. And yeah. he would he would he had this beautiful way of giving you all the rope that you needed to hang yourself, mm-hmm. and then tying the knot and yanking the string. And he did. He could do it with anybody, including Mitt Romney, who Jan genuinely liked. He really thought Mitt Romney was a good guy, thought he was a, a, a decent politician, but didn't like a few of the particulars. And this is one of the problems with, with the conservative movement in general is if the glove doesn't fully fit, you're out of the group, yeah. you know. And, and Jan, the glove didn't fully fit on Mitt Romney, according to Jan, because he wasn't as pro- life as Jan wanted him to be or Jan thought he should be yeah. because he professed his Mormon faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jan, knowing Jan is a brilliant guy, a scholar of all things, knew what the stance from the Mormon church was on abortion, brought Mitt Romney on the air, asked Mitt Romney about his stance on abortion, asked Mitt Romney about his faith 
allowed Mitt Romney to then explain his position on abortion and then explain how faith was his Mormon faith was the leader in his policy-making decisions, and then Jan tied the knot. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, well, that's interesting because the Mormon faith actually teaches There's this a thing, conflict which here. runs in contrast with that, so therefore you should probably be excommunicated from the church. Well, that pissed off Romney, who is a mild-tempered guy. Yeah. So now he's angry, he's smart, he knows his faith, and he basically said to Jan, like, wait a minute, you think you know, you think you know my faith better than I do? And Jan looked him in the eye and said, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think on this particular case, I think I understand it better than you do. Yeah. And and it they blew up. It, yeah. it, Romney said, I'm leaving. And he got up and he walked out. Was This this was during him running for yes, president? Yes, it was the start of a, his... Pre, he had announced his presidential campaign like two weeks before. Well, okay. of course, we had cameras set up in the studio. Yeah. Because this, this was... I mean, back then, of course... Getting things on video and putting them on your website was a big deal. Sure. It was like, oh, we're going to get people to, yeah. we're going to go viral. And this deal did. This deal, we put it on our YouTube channel. And this clip of Mitt Romney kind of having this spat with Jan went viral. It was on the uh, Good Morning America and the Today Show. He ended up being interviewed by Katie Couric about it wow. and said that uh, a radio station in Des Moines had put up a secret, ca- hidden a secret camera and sabotaged him. Oh. And the camera was like on a tripod right next to his face, yeah. you know? Yeah. So there was all these fun things, man. There were so many, there were so many moments. Um, the fun that we had with Psychic Susie, that the Psychic Susie is a psychic in Des Moines and Jan is a Christian. And so Jan would have this psychic come in on the last Friday of every month and it would piss people off. Which is Mark. a little bit, um, which is a little bit odd in, in this sense, the Bible talks about psychics, mystics, yep. et cetera, and tells you to oh, stay away oh, from Oh, trust them. me, I know, because every time we had Psychic Susie on, the phone would light up with people telling me those Bible passages and how... And Jan, of was, course, knew this, this too. Was, of course, Jan did. So was this just an entertainment bit by him? Totally, and this was the beautiful thing about Jan, that he understood, that I learned from Jan, and it took me a long time to kind of figure it out, but he was a master of it. He was playing. He knew. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew, he was trying to elicit an emotion. And he didn't believe no. her. Here's how the here's how the story actually started. He was he grew up in Harlan, Iowa, but Jan moved to South Carolina and was a history teacher in South Carolina, which is a whole other story of amazing perspective. Mm-hmm. Then he gets hired to do a radio show down there. Realizes he's really good at radio. Ends up at Cincinnati, doing a radio show. His boss comes in while he's doing the show in Cincinnati and says, hey, uh, any chance you'd want to talk to a psychic on your radio show? And Jan says, absolutely not. Keep them as far away from me as you possibly can. What would even make you think yeah. that I would want to talk to this lady? And the guy says, well, I don't know. She was from, uh, she's from Iowa, and it just rang a bell. You know, you're, you're from Iowa, and yeah. she's, her name is Sue, and she's from Sioux City. Uh, you know where Sioux City is, and and Jan like it. He was this is how brilliant he was. It clicked with him. A psychic named Sue from Sioux City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can have fun with this. Yeah, like let's let's let's. I'm gonna lean into this one time and yep. see what happens. Yep. And of course, he would he would just toy with her. You know what I mean? She and she was a she was in on it. She was okay with the thing of 
he would say, "We're gonna have this. Uh, I'm. I'm. Th- we're gonna have this kooky skeptic come in here, and she's gonna try to read fortunes and whatnot." But then he'd have her in, and it was light banter, and it was fun. Yeah. And Susie was amazing. She was just this awesome old lady. That what did what did she try to predict? Like you, you had her. People on a would bunch. call in. Oh yeah, I waited every Friday for she, years. So was this the was every this the last typical Friday like? All right, call her. Tell me, you know, my name is Bob. I I just want to know if uh, yeah, uh, I can you know it. whatever. And she's like, well, I'm sensing Bob that at one point you had a mother. And okay, I can I can actually give something you something about the letters A through X. Does that so, ring a bell? So you're, nailed, you're you're pretty close here. So this yeah. was Susie's. Uh, Susie kind of had a voice like this. She was a wonderful lady, right? She'd go, uh, okay, what's your name? What's your name and your age? That's what she needed was their name and their age. And then I, as the call screener, would put in there, Mark, 43. That's all it would be. And uh, all right, and Jan would go. All right, let's uh, let's chat with Mark. Mark says here you're uh, you're 43 years old. Yes, Jan, uh, happy to hear. Happy to be on the show. How are you, Susie? I'm wonderful, Mark. How are you? I'm great. You go, okay, Mark. Um, I sense that you are going to raise two families. Have you? Have you? Do you have kids of your own right now? Yes, I do. Okay, well, be careful. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get divorced. <laughs> what I'm saying is you're you're going to have another family that you're going to be raising financially. Now, it might be one of your kids' yeah. families. It might be it might be a neighbor, but somebody else is going to come into your life that's going to require you to help them out. Yep. And you are and but you're such a you're you're a good guy. You're not going to be able to say no to it and you're going to help them out, but don't worry, it'll all be it'll all be rewarded in the end. Yeah. And then people are, okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I got another I got one that and just And then they're waiting my 20 mind, years Mark. for this to happen. Well, she said it's going to happen at some point. So, as a counter to psychic Susio like this, we had a guy that was had written a book and it was like psychic to the stars. Okay. And he had, after being a psychic to the stars in Hollywood for like a decade, he had a revelation and came out and said, I've, this is all a fraud. I've, I've made this whole thing up and here's how I did it. And he wrote his book about, I just fooled people. And these are the simple tricks. You just pulled off some of them there, right? Does the letter A mean anything to you? Do you have somebody in your life with a, does I'm I'm seeing the I'm seeing a woman and she's showing me the name Marie or Maria. Yeah, everybody knows a Marie or a Maria. <laughs> yeah, at some well, point. I knew I had a, a sister's I, a yeah, neighbor sister. My sister's neighbor was named Mary. Yeah, is that Mary? And, and yeah, think, yeah, yeah. You're right, Mary, not yeah, Marie. Yeah, Mary. yeah, yeah. Mary. That could be. It could be. Oh, Mary. my signals were a little bit crossed yeah, there. You know, it was Mary. And now that you say Mary, is it Larry? Is there a Larry? You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. So this guy, we had him on the air. Jan set up a two-part interview with him, and I've tried to do this since, and I've never been able to pull it off on the air, where basically the guy played the act for the first half. Okay. We had him on the air for a segment about 20 minutes long where we did the exact same thing with Psychic Susie. Listeners would call in. The guy would ask them their name and their age, ask them a few simple questions, and then he would start to fire away. And it was amazing, dude, like... I, I still don't quite understand how these guys and girls do this thing where it's so damn accurate. Because even when you know, I knew going in, this guy's making this up. Yeah. But how does he pull this stuff out? Because he would say Skill, things like... Skill, practice. It, yeah, it know. wasn't even Marie and Mary. It was it was stuff way more specific. Yeah. You know, I did, did you know a Lisa that had like something wrong with the left side of her body? Yeah. And the guy would be like, oh, my God, yeah. I, my first girlfriend was in a car accident and yeah. had a scar above her left eye, and her name was, you know, like, 
You're like, oh. and then, so what, here's what the guy did for 20 minutes. He did that blew people's minds. And then Jan said, hold on through the break. You're not going to believe what he says next. Mm-hmm. And we go through the break and we come back on and Jan says, this has all been a lie. We even had, we even had specific bumper music we would play when Jan was doing gag, when, when yep. Jan was lying to people. Yep. We would play specific bumper music that said, what you're listening to is a lie. Okay. Okay. But it was in a song, so people would not think, wouldn't, yeah. okay. So then we start the second segment, and Jan says, what, you were, what you've all been hearing here has been a fraud. This guy fooled you, and now he's going to explain how he did it. And the guy then went through his whole life story about how he was a deadbeat and a low life, and decided back in the 80s that he could start to con people, figured out he could con millionaires, went to Hollywood, made a bajillion dollars doing this, yep. and then his conscience caught up with him one night, and he decided to pull the... There's a famous one that does this celebrity that stars now. He's a young guy. I think his name's Tyler. I can't. He has a show yeah. on E! or something. So do you think the people that do this, though, do you think they are a complete charlatans that know they're charlatans? They're, they're just sophisticated con people, men, women. Do you think that they actually believe that they're hearing things, seeing things because, and this goes back, this goes back to the, the, the biblical part of it. If yeah. you believe that to be true, then what they're saying is just improbable. The other side is the other side. We're not there. We're not privy to it. We don't get a preview of it. We don't get nothing, you know, that, cause that's where faith comes in. We need to believe that it is out there, right? We don't get grandma in heaven saying this place is great. Can't wait to see you. You know, that just doesn't happen. There's a border, so to speak, between the worlds. All right. So uh, I don't know. Where do you well, think it falls? Because right. I, I fall, just to be clear, I fall in like, I, I hesitate to say they're crooks, but I don't, I don't buy a second of it. Okay. Then not, you and not, I are not any. Here's what I would say, man. It's one of the, it's like a grading on a curve thing. If you were to put all of the people in a room that claim to be psychics, or claim to have some connection to that other side, I do think that it, the majority of that group would be the charlatans. It'd be the people that are just kind of lying to, to, to make it up, or they, or they, or maybe they think that they have some sort of connection that that, that doesn't actually exist. But I do think, man, uh, you're gonna think I'm nuts when I say this. Like when you say there's that hard border and that hard line, I don't think it's hard. I think it's probably a lot fuzzier than than you say. I do th- believe in some sort of power in this world that, that, that our energies keep going. I saw this when my mom died, man. My mom laid there for two weeks without opening her eyes. But when she died, it was different. It was a different lay there. It was, mm-hmm. There was something gone. Her, uh, that mass of bones and blood and, 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 and body weighed the exact same amount. Something yeah. wasn't there, and Pe- I know that. People would say a soul. Yeah, right, whatever that is, man. And, so, and that goes somewhere. I, I don't know where or, or where or, or when, but yeah. it goes. But, so I think that there probably are people that have some sort of ability to connect through that fuzzy line. Now, is it consistent? Like, you know, it, it, does one of those people that have that ability, does it stay with them all the time? Are they sometimes when they say things, is it the charlatan thing? Is it them being fooled? Probably. Yeah. Part of the problem is when you watch shows with psychics, it's never, the message is never crystal clear. Yeah. You know, it's your mom and your mom is saying, 
this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually it's your mom, and she wants you to know something vague. Yeah. You know, she wants you to know that you were loved, and mm-hmm. she always cared about you. Well, of course, it was your mom. What else are you going to tell this person? The message is never, it's your mom, and your mom wants to tell you that she doesn't miss you. And that you were a terrible child. It's never that. You never hear that ever, right? Or it's it's a B, it's a D, it's a you know you know what I mean. It's it's that, very so vague. I don't want to discount because Mark, I've I've uh, my mom's youngest brother died at thirty eight. My cousins Katie and Alec, who were raised in um, by my aunt Debbie as a single mom most of their life, uh, they've always kind of sought a connection to Uncle Dick to their dad, right? And through that search, it's led them to a couple different mediums. And my cousins would both tell you that one particular lady did impact their life in a great way, did pull things that they were astonished by. And mm-hmm. so I do I don't want to I don't want to try to water any of that down. The best thing I've ever seen on this is that Netflix docuseries Surviving Death. Have you watched that mm-hmm. one yet? Dude, it's so freaking good. It's so good. It is. Um, uh, the first couple of episodes are a very literal thing of people surviving death. First story you hear is about this college professor who's whitewater rafting with her friends. Her canoe or, or kayak gets tipped upside down, and her helmet gets lodged between two rocks at the bottom of the stream. And she dies for like 40 Five minutes she's stuck in this river mm-hmm. underwater she's dead and they bring her back to life and she tells a story of um what that experience was like what her consciousness did during that 45 minutes and yeah. it's amazing and then there are multiple stories like that but uh, but as the series goes on, it evolves. It then goes into if I remember right the the middle couple of episodes are about the mediums. And they do expose them as being frauds. And they kind of talk about the technical aspects of how people do it. The third, the last couple of episodes, the third kind of set of of episodes is about past lives. Kids that tell these amazing tales. Audrey did this for a while. Audrey Mm -hmm. did this for a long time. Tell these amazing, fantastic tales about a previous life. With with crazy details, and you're just like this. A, a two year old couldn't possibly come up with some of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, it, and so I don't know. I don't know what any of that stuff means. Yeah, I think it's unfortunately with an industry like that. I always think of the uh, the Kiss acronym: Keep It Simple, Stupid. Yeah. You know the uh, Occam's Razor. Yeah, most simple solution is usually the correct one. Yeah, most yeah. obvious solution, most whatever. Um, it's just, I just don't think, you know, this leads me into, <laughs> speaking of your ex-partner Chris, you know, ghosts and all that stuff. I just don't think there's ghosts walking around. I just don't. Now, as as weird as that sounds that I say that, I can easily transition and, and I and I realize the paradox here. I do think, again, because my basis is would be the Bible, I do think there's things that are demonic. If you believe in God, then you believe in Satan. And are there, are there things, are there people that are demonic, that have spirits, that have things like that? 
Well, if I believe that, then maybe some of the stuff that we think is a ghost, et cetera, would be some of that. So I don't know. I mean, the reality is we just don't know these things. Everyone has opinions on them, and some of us are right, some of us are wrong, but we don't know. We don't know. I would not like to find out anything demonic. That sounds scary. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Wow. You know? Yeah. So like that I met that, a new client today. Did you? He was a demon. Oh, yeah. How was that? Oh, scary. Pissed myself. <laughs> you know? Speaking of pissing yourself, I got to transition to a Oh, my here. God. What the hell is this going to be? Did you? Were you a bedwetter? I was having a conversation no. the other day with a, uh, a friend of mine, uh, and we were just talking about bedwetting. Well, Sarah Silverman, the comedian, apparently wet her bed extremely late in life and then had some relationships in, into her adulthood where she would piss the bed, like sleep with a guy and then, you know, wake up and I'd piss the bed and... I, of course, said she's probably a squirter, but, you know. She, <laughs> of course, she, you would say that. She, she, said, she said that she pissed the bed, you know, but I'm like, wow. and I was trying to think of the last time I, I, I wet the bed. I, I have oh, no memory I of I doing it. I'm, I don't either. Some uh, people struggle with that, though. There, Yeah. We, I, we haven't had any of our kids that have not been nope, bedwetters. Nope. None of them. So, I don't know. I mean, again, outside of like, you know, when you're still doing the diaper training yeah, and different. the things, that's, that's different. different. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, dude, I, that was never a thing for me, like getting too drunk. You know, I had, but I think we all have a friend that yeah. has these crazy college stories of like, yeah, my, I woke up one night and my roommate was pissed on my computer yeah, or whatever. I thought, and I was like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to the bathroom. Uh, I did. I had, a, I had a buddy, yeah. uh, one of my very good friends who was kind of notorious for that sort of stuff. He would get drunk. He would wake up in the middle of the night, stumble into a room that he thought was a bathroom. Yeah. And urinate in like a friend's closet or something I, like dude, that. Dude, I witnessed that firsthand. I was at a, a friend's frat at Iowa State on a Saturday night, and I'm chilling in his room, and a guy comes through the door, like turns to the left where his closet is, and starts pissing in his closet. Amazing. My friend's like, "What are you doing?" It's like he was so drunk. I, it's weird to like <laughs> a bedroom Amazing. looks like a bathroom to you. You're that you're Here. that drunk, you know. My friend and uh, I'll give a shout out because he listens to the podcast sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I remember the story. Hey man, if I got the story wrong, I apologize. But my friend Scott, uh, in high school, told me that he he did this once. He woke up and pissed in his parents' room, like while the, while they were sleeping, and I think he woke his mom up. <laughs> I think they were concerned. That's he was. Crazy, I think dude. they were concerned. He was like diabetic or something, as the story goes. And this story was told to me twenty five years ago. But yeah, Scott, if you listen to this and I'm wrong, let me know. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he pissed in his parents' room and woke him up one night. So that, uh, I, I believe that story is true. I didn't give a last name, by the way. So, um, did we? That's amazing, dude. I, ne I never did. I never, what do you, do you have imagine so mom, great. mom waking up to that? Like, I'm sorry. What did, uh, so let's, let's, uh, put a bow. All right. Well, we can, and yeah, the, the Chris stuff, I'm sure we'll talk about over time because there's going to, so here's, here's an open-ended question for okay. you, Ross, All right. for our loyal listeners. Yeah. Uh, what's next oh, buddy. for you? Oh, buddy. No, I know more than our listeners are going to know, but uh, no, there's no, there's no secret sauce here. I'm no, just curious in your mind. What's, what's next? Yeah. I don't know, man. I really don't. Um, I've got some options ahead of me that, um, I've got some, th you know, I'm looking at it as I've got two really good options ahead of me. Um, and, I, and that is me trying to be optimistic about stuff and not, 
uh, and look past some of the things. Someday we'll be able to tell this whole story, I think, and, and talk about this has been the single uh, most difficult professional month of my life. These last five or six weeks have been really, really, really hard because we, Chris, again, I saw this coming. Chris had kind of talked about it. Um, I knew some, there were other things that, that again, there's a much longer story to be told here, but there were other things that were happening behind the scenes that I just saw. I saw this coming for a couple weeks. Um, and that un, that the unknown that that's caused sucks. And the things that, uh, you know, Mark, I keep bringing things back to this in my life. We did a personality assessment here. It was the best one I've ever done. I've done like five of those in my life. Mm-hmm. The best one we've ever done was the one we did here where Adam Carroll actually came through and talked about what, what motivates you? You are a two? Enneagram two? Yep. I am motivated by appreciation. Yeah. Okay? I'm motivated by the people around me being happy and me being a part of that happiness in some way. Sure. And, and, that's, and he, I, I'd never heard that. And he said it, and it was like that light bulb went off. I was like, holy shit, that's exactly what... Every time I overreact, because that's part of what that Enneagram is also, when you don't get that, you react in an emotional way. There's a negative component. There isn't yeah. that, right. And that and there's a really good positive component to be in a, a, an Enneagram too. This is the negative side of it. I'm, that, an, I'm an eight. Right, which and, is basically and, the polar opposite. And, and, I know that, and I know that you know this about me, right? Here's, you, want, you want to know, if you don't remember, I'll tell you this, and then you tell me if this is true, okay? An eight right? Which is the challenger. That's yeah. typically what it is. Eights have uh, leadership abilities. Eights can, uh, you know, they can, they can be uh, malleable in the sense that they can be a leader or they can kind of step back. They've got a lot of, uh, a lot of unique skills yeah. as an eight and an eights are, are the ones that start businesses a lot and have, you know, can see a grand vision and make that happen and all sorts of things. One of the, the biggest negatives for an eight is that when I decide to, I'm going scorched earth. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's, and you've seen that when I feel like someone has wronged me or, or, or lost my trust or something like that, I'm just done with them, you know? And you're the guy that's like, well, maybe they meant this or, you know, don't I'm, Mark, I'm, Mark, I'm you've told most... me that you've told me this many times, Mark, don't do that. You don't, s- don't, don't write them off. You, you know? say I'm, I'm nice to a fault. I'm forgiving to a fault. Yeah. I'm way, way, way too forgiving for when people do me wrong or something. I just, yeah. it's something like, you know what? It's, it's life. And I'm and more like life's short. I don't need this. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. You know, chuck them. S- screw these people. And I'm not a screw these people guy. I'm a, I'm a, Hey, these, these bridges are going to come in handy someday. Let's just keep these things intact. And yeah. And I'm more like, oh, I'll swim. Yeah, right. Exactly. You are. Bridge is gone. You are. So the, I say the appreciation thing only because, you know, maybe to bring it back full circle, at some point in a radio career, in everybody's radio career, you cannot be appreciated enough. You just can't. Yeah. There's just not, the, the, the math doesn't work in your favor. Um, and that's part of what's, what I'm dealing with right now is just trying to, you know, I've, I've had, I, it's so hard to think about not doing radio. It's been, it's been my life, man. Yeah. I, I, I built it and I, I've worked really hard for it. I think I'm really good at it. And so to walk into a room and unplug the machine that you built for so long is really difficult. But, um, again, I'm probably looking at this the wrong way. Cause I've got, I've got options in front of me. 
I, I need to tell myself they are great options. Um, hopefully in the next couple of days, we can uh, get actually an announcement, something official in place. That would be nice. See, you did a smart thing, though, even though you maybe didn't think it was a smart thing at the, at the time. And you were forced into it by getting shit canned. But you gave yourself another avenue that's right dude I've, I, which I'm is a much so, more dude, lucrative avenue mark so now it's not like what am i going to do without radio you already know well, if that I, day comes i thank you privately a lot um I, I did this the other day when you even did it publicly on a podcast yeah i've done yeah i did it the other day with uh, emory plus one talked about what what that change was man i'm in two years ago in january when i when we got fired totally out of the blue. And I mean, it had no freaking clue. I still remember where I was. It's funny, like most phone calls, you're like, I don't know. But I remember you called me shortly after you got you were the, You were literally, the, I wasn't home yet. And I was uh, I was in the car. I'd just gone by a listing. I was in Des Moines and I pulled over and we talked for a while. But it's funny because I remember specifically where I was yeah. when, when that happened. Yeah, that's funny. That's I remember that call too. Yeah. Um, and that was the scariest day of my life because I didn't have any idea what, I mean, it, we are a paycheck. We were a paycheck to paycheck families we've talked about. And that was a scary moment, man. Driving home in my old beat up Jeep Wrangler or, or Jeep Cherokee where, you know, no, no lining on the inside of the thing, like the yep. motor's smoking mm-hmm. and I'm rolling up to my house to tell my two kids and my wife that the breadwinner just lost his job. Uh, that was scary, scary, scary times, man. And mm-hmm. and now it, it's nowhere near that. Now it's it, it is. Um, it's been awesome the change that's happened, but change is still hard. Still sucks sometimes. And 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 again, back to the appreciation thing. The thing that still stings with me is that I felt in that moment unappreciated. I felt in the, in that moment that all of those years of work. Uh, no, you know, nobody was keeping score like I was, you know what I mean? I wanted to, I wanted them to know all that I'd cleaned the toilets. Yeah. I wanted them to know that I knew the mechanical engineer. Um, I, you know, I know how Joe from Stroh's needs to get to the boiler room and what he, and how, yeah. I know the vending machine guy, Roy. <laughs> we're not, we're not dissimilar in this way. I'm, um, you know, running a, running a business and having, you know, 15 of you here and, and you know, caring about your guys' success and whatever. I think that's a human emotion, right? Like, I don't need everybody to come in one by one and be like, you're a great broker and a great boss. But at your core, you hope that people believe that you're doing some and things and appreciate person, what, what, what you're doing. Each person has a different way of showing that appreciation. Adam Bentz is never going to send you the text that I send you. Adam Bentz is never going to go on a podcast and go, man, you know, and say those things. Yeah. But you know, Bentsy feels that way about you. And Bentsy shows his appreciation for you in ways that I don't. Yeah. Um, and so every person is there, it has their own way of doing sure. it. And yeah, it's, I think the, maybe if there's one thing for listeners to take away from this, it is you find what each person's motivation is. Yeah. That, that is an important part of communication and, and leadership and all that. And, don't manipulate them with it, but use that information, and and you'll be amazed. I mean, I've seen it. I, now that I'm aware of it, I've noticed it in my life. When people show me appreciation, it's not just that it feels good. I will. I'm I'm returning more things to them because it's like, oh, I got back what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I were a banker and I gave a loan and I got paid back and got the interest back, I'm going to be really anxious to give that guy money again, right? Sure. And that's exactly what I'm doing. That's in my life. That is, it's money and interest and 
Yeah. I'm giving you something. You're giving me back what I wanted. Cool. Let's continue that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did want to plug, we just talked about it, but I did want to plug that uh, podcast. That was a good podcast. It's Emery, E-M-E-R-Y. Weird spelling of Emery, but hey, whatever. It's what do you mean? How's it supposed to be spelled? E-M-O-R-Y. That's that's typical Emery spelling. The E is weird. So wow. you, look, you look stunned. By I, am, I am stunned because I think my buddy Marv Emery, again, Emery is his last name. So that's probably different. Yeah. The usual spelling for Emory is with a with, an, with o. an O. Yeah. So Emory plus one is what's called. You were on his podcast last week. Yeah. And you talked about that day yeah. quite a bit about yeah. what it was like to, to get fired and, and, and everything you learned. And then obviously talked about real estate talked too. Talked about you. Talked about I Mark. still I still think, by the way, Emory was fishing, dude. He wanted some he wanted some real estate information there. I think he needs to think about joining Charterhouse. That was that was my vibe I got. He's like, he wanted to know a lot about that process and how much cheddar you're making and he sounded like a candidate to me never thought about that yeah you realize you get a thousand bucks bring old emory on for as me a, as an if agent, you huh? if you if you bring him on once he closes a deal yeah i mean you know it's just a little incentive <laughs> for ross ross is like thousand dollars don't don't need that don't need that <laughs> hey i also want to give a, a shout out to your friend uh stephanie who i met this week oh giffy stephanie gifford i was at a law firm uh just dropping off checks, standing in the lobby. I talked to the receptionist for like 30 seconds and then she comes out. She's like, are you Mark Charter? Yeah. So I'm like, she must, must, she, I think must Mark, listen at least occasionally to recognize my voice that much. Yeah. I think she listens to this podcast. I know she's, or, or maybe on, from radio ads yeah, or she's whatever. Heard you on radio. She is a huge cakes. No listener. Yeah. Um, she is, uh, I would imagine cause she's a cyclone fan. She might know you from forecast. Maybe. Because she's the type of, like, Fawcast is obviously a guy locker room type of yeah. show. Yeah. Giffy is one of those girls that can run in that crowd. She would she would have she would be entertained by listening to all of the she, nonsensical she, stuff. She told me that she absolutely loves Ross Peters. Well, she's a nice lady. To tell you hi, it's always what it is. It's never like, Mark, I love you. It's like, oh, I love that person you're with, you know? So great. It's like when clients are like, uh, Oh, I love I love uh, I love KK. Well guess what? KK's so great. In the in the mate Mary uh, in the mate Mary murder my thing. Company. You don't want to be the Mary, okay? And I'm the Mary. In the mate Mary murder, I'm always the Mary. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. So, so don't you don't want to be the Mary. All right, everybody. Giffy, hey, is a great one. Uh, no time for a story today, huh? Oh yeah, well, I forgot about your story. I do I so I have this is one that do you want to do it or not? No, we, we're, we're only at 57 minutes. This I mean, is if one you want I've, to do it. This is one I've been saving since the opening day of the show. I'll admit, I kind of forgot we do this. <laughs> the the best story ever. Yeah. I mean, we took a week off. You know, I'm a little rusty. So I've hold, hold on, everybody. We're not done yet. Go I ahead. have told you this story, and you have every week thought that this was the story that I was going oh, to okay. be, I know the story. be bringing to your table. This is, and I won't, uh, we've talked about it a little bit. This is the story of how Steve Perry became the lead singer of the band journey yeah and it is it is a cool story it is a quite interesting little weave that i I, I do i do wonder by the way and i'm I'm not doubting our good friend mike rowe where i heard this but it sounds a little bit of it sounds fake and improbable i hope it's not it it does seem a little bit improbable and mike rowe the podcast that you're talking about is called the way i heard it this is one of the first episodes in that series, which now is well over a hundred episodes. I think it's like into three hundred episodes, something. Yeah. But the format of that episode is, of that podcast has changed drastically. Okay. Back then, when when you would listen to this one, it was a six minute podcast. Yeah. 
a one-minute commercial and a five-minute story. And then he wouldn't reveal what he was talking about to the very end. Yes, told in the style of uh, the way I, or I'm sorry, of the rest of the story yeah. by Paul Harvey. Yeah. He would tell you a story and then at the very end of it say, oh, and by the way, who I've just been telling you about was Steve Perry, yeah. the lead singer of Journey. Uh, and it is fun to listen to that podcast. There are, because it's a five-minute version of the story, there's yeah. some liberties taken. How did he change it, though? I haven't heard a recent episode. Not, oh, oh, now, now you... Uh, the episodes now are like closer. He went to an hour long format okay. and then went to allow he's like a 20 minute format where it's still a story, but now it's done in a much longer version, obviously than the condensed entertaining. Yeah. And, and he talked about it he when he made the change. He wanted to get some more ads in there. He, well, not that he wanted to get more ads. He wanted to stop having to do what he did with the Steve Perry story, which was, yeah. you know, for the sake of entertainment and time, cut out all of this sure. really juicy stuff. Yep. That can happen on this. So Steve Perry was a young kid born in California. His parents were Portuguese, and he was a music kid from the time he was born. When he was eight years old, his mom gave him this necklace that had a pendant on it that represented an eighth note. And almost any picture you see of Steve Perry, you will notice he still carries, he still has that pendant of this eighth note that he wears around his neck. So music was like a huge part of of their life. And he moved around California, kind of up and down the coast, joining a bunch of different bands through, uh, I mean, but again, starting when he was like 12, he was performing. So by the time he's 16, he's in a few different uh, professional bands and they're getting out some demo tapes and they're getting a few different looks from people. Um, a few different record groups are signing these bands, but nothing's taken off. He was signed on a record label with uh, with Stevie Wonder. He was signed on a record label with Jeff Beck. He actually performed in a band um, with a guy named Tim Bogert who had worked with Jeff Beck. So he was always kind of nibbling around the edges of something much more successful. Ended up in uh, um, Banta, California. That was where he became the front man for a band called Alien Project. Now, by this point, he's in his early 20s, and that band alien project starts to gain some momentum and just as they're starting to get good their bassist who was one of the key musicians and really one of the dynamic people is killed in a car accident hmm. and you know we all know you got to have all the breaks go your way to be something like a music star steve perry was to the point of thinking it's just not going to work out i mean guys are literally dying yeah. <laughs> while i'm trying to be successful yep in the meantime there is a, a band that is growing out of San Francisco named Journey. Now they've got their they've got their full band. They've got a, a singer, they got musicians. They're rock solid, and they're going out and they're traveling and they're they're doing some shows. Their manager likes the band but does not like the lead singer. He just can't quite come to terms with that singer. This uh, this guy's name was Robert Fleischman. Um, and Fleischman didn't want to sign with Walter Herbert. Walter Herbert was the guy that was the manager for the band, but didn't like Robert Fleischman. But Walter Herbert did like Steve Perry. He had heard one of those Alien Project songs and thought, man, this kid can absolutely belt. And I know that if I could get him with this band, this would be, this would be gold. But how do you do that? How do you go to a group of friends that have started a band and say, hey, guys, by the way, you four are fantastic, but yeah. this shithead that's your leader, you got to yeah. kick him out you of here. You can kick out the keyboard player. Yeah. The lead singer's tougher. You know, by the way, this is what happened with Slipknot. 
This is how Slipknot had a lead singer by the name of Anders Slavenik. Yep. And uh, when they they brought in Corey Taylor and the band base, one of the one of them said, "Hey, Anders, you gotta you gotta step aside and let Corey do this thing." And that's when the band, yeah. that's when the the Took rocket off. light got lit. Yep. And I lived next to Anders hmm. for a while. Great guy. But anyway, so this is so so. Robert Fleischman is the Anders Slavenik of Journey. Okay, he is their lead singer. They are out on the road touring. So Robert Fleischman has to figure out a way. Or I'm sorry, uh, Her, or Walter Herbert has to figure out a way to kind of trick the band into getting Steve Perry on the lead. So he waits for the perfect moment, okay? He hires Steve Perry to be a roadie for the band. He kind of puts his plan in place here. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have him be around He's just going to kind of be in the background, and then I'm going to find the right time to spring this on the band, that this is my actual grand plan. But I don't know how. So he enlists the help of one of the roadies, who was also Portuguese. And he says, listen, this kid's going to join us. He, here's the problem. He's a tiny little dude. I mean, he's not a big guy. He's like, I mean, five five something like that. He's not a big guy. And roadies are usually big, bulking, hurly. Yeah guys you know what i mean yep so he says we're gonna have to lie to him and we're just gonna tell him that he is your portuguese cousin and you're gonna hang out he's gonna hang out with us keep him busy until i tell you and he waits until a sound check in long beach and while the band is out doing their sound check for long beach walter herbert goes and grabs robert fleischman and tells him a reporter wants to do an interview with him at the front gates of the amphitheater Fleischman walks away from the sound check. Herbert points to the offstage and says, Hey, John's Portuguese cousin, come out here and hit a few of these notes so the band can make sure that the, that yep. the sound check is, is good. He walks out there, belts out the first couple notes of the song, and the rest is literally history because the band never looked back. By the time Robert Fleischman finished that interview... The writing was on the wall. He walked back into an amphitheater with Steve Perry belting out his songs with his band, yep. and he knew what was happening. The band realized that they were going to be in a much better spot with Steve Perry as their lead singer, and John's Portuguese cousin yep. becomes the new lead singer of the band and takes them to extraordinary heights. What is, what is equally incredible, have you seen the movie Rockstar? With Mark Wahlberg, uh, yes, but not. I couldn't. Reset. So I don't in know that what, movie, really there's a there's a group called I think they're called Steel Dragon. Okay, it's okay. heavy metal, whatever. Steel Dragon lead singer goes away and gets fired essentially, and Mark Wahlberg plays a guy that's in a cover band of Steel Dragon. Okay, okay, sounds basically just like the lead singer. They do a search, they find him. So in, so now he gets to go live his dream as the lead singer of his uh, dream band. Okay. Yeah, okay. The journey. I, I get where you're going here. Journey. After this happens, eventually Steve Perry leaves, and they think, man, Steve Perry's got one of the best voices ever, right? It's a hard, hard lead singer to replace, right? And where does Journey find their replacement singer? In the Philippines. That's amazing. In the Philippines, man. Arnel Pineda is his name. Arnel Pineda is down in the Philippines 
belting out journey songs at karaoke bars and is incredible and is now the lead singer of journey to this day. It's incredible. And that's, that's another, it's you, the that's real another, life rock star brought to life. They are journey is in a sense, a super band. Yeah. At people. And, and, but I would never have known that they consist of the, those guys that were that initial band that Robert Fleischman was the lead singer of. They were guys from Santana, from the Steve Miller Band. Um, they were successful musicians in the San Francisco area that decided, hey, we're going to do this thing with this guy. And then all of a sudden they heard Steve Perry and they were like, oh, no. Oh, this is the opportunity that's ahead of us. And yeah. 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 So, no, a crazy. Uh, and they've been around for, what, 40 years at this point? Still going? They were uh, founded in 73, so they're coming up on 50. <laughs> there was a story, in fact, I think you can even see video of this. It might have been the first concert that this Arnell guy did for Journey. And they had to, like, you know, he had never done big concerts before. And the guy has an incredible voice. But he's he's a small dude. He's got he's high energy or whatever. And they said he had to learn. He had to learn how to do a concert because that first show... He was sprinting around the stage, dude, sprinting up the catwalk, down the catwalk, left, right, getting the crowd fired up. It was basically exhausting himself yeah. to where it was getting harder and harder to actually sing the songs. And you're like, you need to learn to pace yourself. Yeah, or or lip sync. Oh, yeah, or lip sync. <laughs> it reminds me of Chris Martin when I saw Coldplay live. That guy moves around a lot. That's too. surprising. He, he moves around. I've seen Coldplay, and they do a great show and put on an awesome concert. Yeah. I thought Coldplay would be... You know, plug in, stand there, do the sound garden thing, you know? Yep. Stand there and sing and play and then unplug and go home. And, man, they don't. They Complete opposite. They Zach, care about the visuals. Zach Brown Band? Mm -hmm. Another one, man. Those guys, redneck and flying around, a bunch of bunch of husky dudes with beards and blue jeans, and they're running around like yeah. Bette Midler up there on stage. The opposite amazing. of that, uh am a blank on the name. It's uh, Tennessee Whiskey. Who's that? Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton does nothing. Chris Stapleton does the George Strait. I've heard he's the most boring dude ever. I would see concert. I, doesn't I, talk between songs. Gets Aaron, out there, rips twelve songs. Is like, I'll see you later. Aaron forgot that we saw him in concert. Yeah, that. Boring. That's how boring it was. Yeah, guy yeah. can absolutely sing, but it once you he's not creating any memories. Though. So Buble, we talked about Buble. Yeah, I loved Buble. My expectations were shit. I thought it was yeah. going to be a boring show. Big time performer. I thought he was going to do the uh, the Chris Stapleton thing. Get up there and yeah. hey, the, the you're here to hear the voice. So yeah, you sit down and listen. To shake it. Right, but then you 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 add the show in. You go, oh yeah. No, he's a performance stuff. That's for sure. All right, now we're we'll, we done? Yeah, we're done. We can keep talking about this stuff next week, too. Hour, hour 10 we gave you instead of 57 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Way to go. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.